Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Rivercats 9 Lives podcast. This week, our guest is former Rivercat and former Oakland A slugger. You might know him as George Herman Ruth. We call him Jack Cust. All right, welcome to the 9 Lives podcast. We have Jack Cust, George Herman Ruth with us. and Great to see you, man. Tell me what you've been up to. Oh, man. Well, we uh, we keep in touch with our... Uh... Our, our our biannual uh happy birthday text of course uh, so uh i i got that from you for those of you that don't know johnny uh somehow remembers everyone's half birthday so uh it, it's kind of caught on in our family and everyone knows i show everyone the videos i i screen share it to the tv on apple tv and i play johnny's uh his uh july 7th my birthday is January 7th, not January 16th, right? Right, JD? That's right. That's right. You had it wrong. You had it wrong. But you, Wikipedia had it wrong for, for years. That's for right. Years. You, you, text, you uh, texted me on my half birthday, November 30th. So thank you. Yeah, bro. Well, hey, I got it in my calendar. Only you uh, can come up with something uh, so unique and so special to make people actually feel. But my daughter's always like, Dad, you know what today is? No, what's today? It's my half birthday. Oh, come that's on, awesome. Dad. Well, it's in the I love it. <laughs> so uh you know we keep it we keep in touch but uh usually we're just uh joking around can i curse on here too or no i'll keep it i don't it. think so i think it's a non-cursing right, let's go pg all right i just i just need to know for myself right just to, uh you know f-bombs come out every once in a while but um so uh what am i doing we're uh you know i came back got in the family business we have a baseball academy that i had since you know i've known you um and uh, it's grown into uh, Diamond Nation now. It was Jack Cuss Baseball Academy. Um, we have uh, over 500,000 visitors a year that come through there. About uh, We probably had 30,000 teams from, 30,000 different teams from 40 different states have been to Flemington, New Jersey, my hometown where we have Diamond Nation. And, um, you know, that's keeping me busy. And then uh, when I got done with baseball, uh, you know, we were, my, my father was always into real estate a little bit. He had a uh, couple strip malls and he bought and sold pieces of property throughout New Jersey uh, over his lifetime. And uh, I didn't really want to sit in the office uh, from nine to five, 365 when I got home. Unfortunately, I didn't make enough money playing ball uh, or maybe I spent too much, too much of that money <laughs> thinking I was going to play longer. But um, I, uh, I got into real estate with my father and uh, right now we're, we're, uh, we're building uh, 400, 400 apartments, uh, a hotel and some retail space in my hometown of Flemington. And um, that's, that's what's keeping me busy these days. I got two wonderful kids that uh, are, are my main priority, raising them and enjoying them and having fun with them and teaching them all the stuff that baseball's taught me and life's taught me. And uh, obviously, Johnny, you know, Jen, my, my beautiful wife, that, yes. you know, I spend as much time with her as I can. And um, that's, that's my day to day. I wake up, I still go to the gym every day because uh, I like to eat food and drink alcohol. So I got to play for the tie. You know, we don't like ties in baseball, but play for the push. Yep. Yep. No, weight yep. gain, we, we'll play for that tie. Play for the tie. Uh, at some point, I'll probably have to stop eating as much food as I do. But right now, I'm okay. I can still probably hit a hit a ball a decent uh, a decent amount of feet, um, but uh, yeah. So I'm I'm uh, working working out, uh, coming to work, 
uh, raising some kids, just like just like everyone else is, just like you are, Johnny. But uh, Love it. I miss the fun of, of of seeing you every day and hanging out with the boys. Uh, as I'm sure that's that's kind of like the uh, that's that's what everyone says when they're done with the game. But it, it is something that you do miss. But uh, we try and keep our atmosphere here at work fun. Um, and I think we do a good job of that. So, you know, I know it's amazing, bro. Like I, I think about, you know, just going back a little bit, going back a while when you grew up a Yankee fan, you grew up a Don Mattingly fan, five or six years old, your dad taking to the stadium. Yep. You, you grew up in a baseball family. Your dad played at Seton Hall, got to the college world series. Um, so you were raised with baseball, uh, from a very early age, your two brothers played minor league ball. Was that something that was just instilled? Was that a natural thing for you? your dad getting you into getting you into baseball and your love for the game? Uh, it, it was, uh, I mean, I didn't, you know, he, he played ball, like you said, at Seton Hall. Uh, he was fortunate enough to play on some good teams that he's got a great relationship with. Uh, he's actually going to, he, he's, he's sick. He didn't, he doesn't have COVID, but he got sick uh, coming home uh, from Florida yesterday. So he can't, he, he can't go to his, uh, Eddie Blankmeyer's son son is getting married today, or it might be his daughter. And he's the he, he coached he played with my dad at Seton Hall, coached at Seton Hall, and was the head coach at uh, St. John's for a long time. And what I love about you know him and his relationship with with his teammates from college is that like they all still hang out all the time. He sends me yeah. pictures when they're in Florida, they're hanging out. Um, it's a really cool relationship that they had. And what's cool about that is one of his good friends is Rick Cerrone who played for the Yankees when I was growing up. So he was a catcher for the Yankees. He's a kid from Newark. Um, and my dad was super tight with him. Uh, they've had some business partnerships together. Um, but I used to go into the city and my dad, we, we'd show up, you know, uh, a lot of people, when I say this, they don't realize it, but, you know, most of the time you can't watch the home team take batting practice. They only open the gates for when the, the visiting teams are taking right. BP. Right. So, uh, we always got to watch the Yankees take batting practice. So that's kind of where, you know, you talk about Don Mattingly and how my love for him as far as a ball player. I would just see his routine and how he worked. And, um, you know, and he's a left-handed hitter like I was. I switched hit at the time when I was young, um, but I just was a natural lefty. Um, and I just fell in love with him. And then Ricky Henderson came a couple years after that. And I, he was my second favorite player from when he was with the A's. And then he was with the Yankees. So, um, and then being able to be around Rick Cerrone and seeing that my my father's friend played in the major leagues, I think, you know, subconsciously, it made me think, uh, you know, that's something I can do. My dad's buddy does that, you know, your, your dad's friend's a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, whatever it may be, you know, you see them, oh, I could, you know, that's, that's attainable. Um, so it was something that, I always knew um, wasn't so far fetched this thought that that I could play professional baseball. So at a young age, um, I told him I was like, "This is what I want to do," and he was like, "All right, this is what you want to do. Then you gotta like you have to put in a lot of work. This guy's put in a lot of work over the years, and I seen the way he worked, and he's you know he's blessed with a lot of talent. So um, as I started playing, you know, I, I I had a good background. My parents are both good athletes. My dad played ball. My mom was a tennis player. Um, she still plays tennis at seven years old at a pretty high level. Um, so I have, you know, good genes as far as athleticism and size and, and whatnot. Um, so I started 
working with my dad and um yeah i mean it was a natural thing but uh we worked at it and then my brothers kind of would always just tag along they're younger than me and they would tag along and, and just kind of do the same thing but we had a lot of fun uh and it was something that um i think is you know we are a baseball family um we still are a baseball family we have diamond nation in flemington um like i was talking about before and um so we have a base baseball's our business baseball is what you know fed my family for a long time and i you know we love the game you know you uh first round pick of the diamondbacks but there was a time when i read that you were thinking about playing college ball i heard alabama maybe a couple other colleges yeah. you you were thinking about playing college ball but you're like you know what i want to start my pro career you were 17 years old and, and you you going on 18 you're like i want to i want to play ball i want to play yeah. ball i want to start playing professionally was that a no-brainer for you or was that were you going back and forth on that Oh, it was a no brainer because I probably hadn't used my brain in three years in high school. So, <laughs> I, uh, I um, yeah, school was not uh, something that was, uh, you know, uh, and my kids know this, so I can say this, uh, you know, oh. I was going to I was going to joke that I don't want my kids to know, but they know yeah. um, from stories from my parents. But I just, uh, you know, I was a good student leading up to probably my sophomore year in high school. Uh, and then I just, once I started getting national, uh, accolades and reading about myself and, you know, not reading about myself, people would actually, I remember my sophomore year, uh, my buddy coming to homeroom and, and bringing the USA today and it had the top 10 players in each class. And I was a sophomore at the time. And it, I, I think I was like the seventh best player in the country. And I, you know, you have no clue at the time. It's not like now where these kids know, uh, when they're nine years old, who the top 100 is. Right. Uh, on the internet like this was something where well the usa today i read this newspaper and i'm in this newspaper this is cool yeah. so after that i basically threw my books away and <laughs> just started concentrating even more on baseball and any spare time i had i was uh you know either hitting a ball or hitting the weights um but um you know alabama that's where i signed that was i had a great uh recruiting visit there um you know they were they were not as good they, they were actually down in football. We went to a football game in Kentucky. They were not like how great they've been the last 15 years. It was like a little lull in their greatness. Yeah. But uh, it's fun now because I'm a Giants fan and, and uh, a New York football Giants fan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my daughter is big into the Giants. I'm not a crazy Giants fan. Um, fantasy football kind of took that out of me rooting for so many different players but my daughter's a huge Giants fan and so at least on Saturdays I say well let's watch the games on Saturday because our team Alabama is going to win this week so for the most part they're uh, they're winning every week and the Giants uh, not so much but uh, yeah I, I signed with Alabama but I always wanted to play baseball um, to me it's what I know best working hard I mean working hard going to hit balls for two three four hours lifting weights for two or three hours running sprints um being at the field that that was what my life was about um if i could still do it today i would um so yeah the school was never really uh an option uh especially after i got drafted where i did in the first round and i knew i would kind of that was the goal i had um you know once i knew what the draft was when I when I had Ken Griffey Jr.'s rookie card and and he he was my favorite player after Mattingly and I saw he was the, he was the first pick overall out of high school so my goal was to be the first pick overall in high school just because I love Griffey 
Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, I, I could I could only do about one of his five tools, so <laughs> I didn't go as high as him. But um, it was still uh, a nice accomplishment getting drafted in the first round, especially out of New Jersey, a cold weather state. Um, back when you know there wasn't many Jersey kids getting drafted in the first round. Yeah, first round pick, and then you, uh, my first, I I saw you play before you even before we even met. So I saw you yeah. play in 2001, and we talked about this. Get the story right, bro. Off the air, it's the shin. You hit the ball. The shin, bro. The I mean, I bought 70 books, and it says the, the top of the foot or whatever the hell it says. I know. Come I know. on, the knee. I mean, I don't know. You got it wrong on my haiku book, bro. Like, bro, you couldn't find something that, that, that almost rhymed with shin? I mean, come on. So hit, hit my shin and hit a ding, ding, you, ding. You hit the oh. shin. You hit the, hit the ball off your shin. A game again against Bob Guerin, manager in the Sacramento yep. 2001. You're with Tucson. You the ball off your shin, hobble around four minutes. Four minutes is right. It, it hurt. I wasn't hot dogging it. Oh, it, it looked like it stung. So, you anyway, you're well, around. also, also, I just a little background here. Yeah. I, I, I broke my shin playing soccer uh, when I was third, 12 years old. And oh. uh, it, my, my, my tibia and fibia, both bones, the big one and the small one in there, snapped it right in half. Uh, so just so some background for you, every time I hit, I would foul one off the shin about once a year, you know, an inside slider or low heater down and in that you, that you and it would just blow up, blow up so bad that the, the terrible minor league pants that had no stretch in them. They would be so tight around my cankle, like my, and I have, I have skinny ankles. I got nice lower legs and they would just blow up the bro. They would blow up. It would look like, it would look like the worst cankle you've ever seen in your life. So that's kind of what happened. So as soon as it hit, it blows up and it just starts throbbing. So uh, it was, and it was, it was a solid, I forget who the pitcher, I think it was, it might've been Luis Vizcaino, I think, bro. Really? He played for them, right? Yeah, uh, maybe maybe not Luis. I don't. I think it might have been though. I, I don't know. I'll look back in the old one book and I'll find out. But but oh, you anyway, four minutes hobbling around, then you hit the home run, and that's the first and only time the Rivercat fans have given a standing ovation to a visiting player. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it was it. it was classic, man. It, it, I, it just, I'll never forget it, man. Two thousand. I played the Rivercats two more years uh, with with the A's, and I never. I, I think I just got booed there after that. <laughs> When I was a home player, I'm just kidding. The Rivercat fans are great and very loyal. I'm totally joking. Um, but uh, it's, it's, what a fun, what a fun place to, to play! And I appreciate you telling the story. It was a, it was a great moment in Jack Cust history. I will well, say that. A better moment than that though was you went to the Padres, get traded over. Billy Bean, you're a perfect Billy Bean type player, right? Get on base. Uh, you know, great, great idea of the zone. And all of a sudden you had that run where you got came back from uh, Justin Leone's Portland Beavers and you go back Justin to, you go back to, uh, to, to Sacramento, you go back to the A's, go to the big leagues and you hit the six homers in seven games where you're yeah, on bro. fire in mid-May of 07. On fire. What was, that, what was that run like, man? You, I know you'll never forget that, but you oh, were no. absolutely locked in, right? Locked in, bro. It was, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. I was locked in in, in um, I think we played you guys that uh, early that year too. I was I was locked in early in the year. Um, that might have been the 06 season I'm thinking of. Uh, but yeah, that 07 season I, I started off really really bad. I went back to back to AAA. 
um, after I'm just giving you a little background again. I, I know you like this stuff. We, we haven't talked oh. about it all the time, but um, so 07 I, or 06, I had a great year in, in the PCL, hit 330. I think I had, I had 160 walks or something like that. And um, so I thought, you know, the the, uh, the on-base percentage, uh, o, OPS was was like the, the, the thing then. Like everybody was talking about OPS, OPS. So my OPS, I don't know what it was. It's got to be high. Um, and I just thought, you know, I had such a good year. I played left field every game. So I was out in the outfield. I was, I was doing, you know, well for me out there. And... Um, you know, I, I just thought there's no way I'm going to go back to the minor leagues. I got called up in September. Not no way, but there's got to be a chance that if they don't keep me on the 40-man roster or on the 25-man roster, at the time it was 25-man, I think it's been expanded since, Yeah. Um, that they got they got to give, you know, someone's going to pick me up, you know, anyone. Um, so uh, uh, Bud Black called me in the office, Buddy Black, in, uh, in 07 spring training. Um with about two weeks left in spring training, he sits me down. He says, Jack, uh, you know, we're going to let you go. Uh, and I'm like, uh, in my mind, real quick, because he said it quick. I was like, okay, well, someone's going to pick me up. I'm having a good spring great last year. And he goes, uh, and, and but he said, proceeds to say, and, and you cleared waivers. I was like, what the heck? I mean, I, I, that's not what I said. Right. But I'm like, right. in my mind, I'm just like, what the heck do I have to do? I just had 160 walks with 30 homers, hit 300. Best year I ever had, so locked in. Anyway, long story longer, I go to down to AAA, mm -hmm. um, and um, I'm down there, and I am just struggling. I am, I am struggling and struggling the first, like, 20 at-bats. Um, and then I end up turning it around. Um, uh I end up, uh, I think I struck out probably my first 20 at bats, maybe like 10 or 12 times. I, uh, I turned it around and I hit about probably 10 home runs in maybe 50 at bats in, in, in triple a. And then that's when the A's came and, 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 and called on me. I was in Portland. And of course the first game, they're like, you got to fly down to Tampa. And I'm like, Oh man, just being a baseball player and totally mine mind tricking yourself uh, all the time i'm like oh man i'm raking up here now i gotta fly all the way over there i'm getting no sleep i was like i'm gonna get in the game i was like i hope i don't even play because i don't want my rhythm and timing to be messed up because i know in my head i haven't slept i'm uh you know uh, i'm gonna be like cheating or doing so trying to do something extra so luckily i sat i sat that first game they gave me the, they gave me a day off because they were short on bodies um and i uh ended up playing the next day it was a getaway day and um uh what's his name was pitching yeah who was pitching i mean i know who was pitching i see his face but i can't can't remember his name but uh, i think i got to like my last at bat that day i was like you know i walked a couple times i struck out once so a typical jack cuss day and then my last at bat i hit i hit a nice bomb the left center field kind of my bread and butter um uh, probably about a 430 440 foot bomb with 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 the old baseballs not the new baseballs that would have gone would probably would have gone like 480 don't get you um, started on that don't get you yeah started. bro i mean i mean clean it up anyway um so hit that homer and that kind of took the weight off my back um and uh i was able to then the next game i think we went to uh 
uh, Kansas City, I didn't hit a homer in that game, but then I hit a uh, homer the next day and then two in a day game after that and then hit one off CC in Oakland uh, when he was with the Indians. So, yeah, you talk about locked in. Um, it was, you know, I would get like that, Johnny. You know, I, I would get hot and then I would get cold. Um, so that was – I lucked out because uh, I stayed hot. I was hot for a very long time previous in, in AAA and then kind of carried it for that week and carried it a little bit longer. Um, you know, when you start off hitting six homers in your first, like, 15 at-bats, uh, you got a little – you know, you, you go for three with three strikeouts, and you, even if you didn't get any other hits, and you're six for 18. You know, you're always doing the math in your head. In, in your head, you always wanted to be a 300 hitter, even though you're you're a career 240 hitter in the big league. So you're always doing that 300 math in your head. And it, right. for some reason, it never equaled 300 for me at that <laughs> level. But uh, we had a lot of fun doing it. It was a great time. Well, Custy, tell me more about um, – just tell me what you they, – they say people miss – the camaraderie in the clubhouse. You were a jokester. You had fun. You were well liked in that clubhouse. Uh, what, what? Tell us how, how much you missed that. What that? What that was all about for you? Well, I mean, there's not too many uh, places that you have so much downtime. Uh, you know, at work, right? You yeah. Have, with a bunch of guys in one room, right? Especially in the minor leagues, where you don't have all this space to kind of go and do your own thing. Yeah. Um, you're always constantly, you want to go hit in the cage, you hit in the cage with someone, um, uh, you know, even, the, you know, even the coaches, you know, uh, you know, uh, Tony D that was there, Tony D yeah. Francesco when I was there and Mac, um, you know, just good dudes. I really like to bust Tony's chops, um, because, uh, you know, he just cared about winning so much. It, and uh i remember the years prior guys would be like this guy you know he is like all he wants to do is win he, he came up with the dj khaled song before dj khaled came out with all i want to do is win 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 no matter what uh -huh. that was tony d man he was yeah, uh, he did he did well, he, he all guy too and he got that from uh mike shepherd who was my dad's coach and also coached tony um so you know that's just ingrained in them and um it was uh you know, so when I got there, I would really give Tony extra stuff just to kind of like, you know, not break him down, but loosen him up a little bit, because no matter what, our team was good enough that we were going to win. And I just kind of wanted to show him that, that that we could do it in a fun way as well. Now, we didn't win the PCL championship that year, but, um, you know, they didn't help by taking uh, Boca Chico away from us in the in the playoffs. But um you know, uh, that fun in the clubhouse is uh, something that is real. Like I said, you have 25 guys sitting in one room with a lot of downtime. Guys are at the field for eight to 10 hours a day, and the game's only three hours, although PCL games can be five hours, as you know better than anyone. JT, <laughs> trying to come up with content and words to fill up five hours is uh, is pretty difficult. You're and you're the best at it that I've ever seen. So um, it's uh, it, 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 it takes a special um, type of person to, to, to kind of do what you do, but then it also takes a type of a special type of person to do what we do and, and grind it out for, for those uh, 140 games in the minor leagues, 162 in the big leagues, and then also to, to, to have fun while you're doing it. I did want to mention, too, um, that we were talking uh, previously about um, – 
you know, my, uh, when I got hot there in, in 2007, yeah. and, uh, I, I didn't mention, but as I was thinking about it, it was going on during, <laughs> during the interview, um, uh, Ricky Renneria was my, uh, manager that year in 07. And, and during that time I was struggling. He was, uh, he is the, the, probably the main reason besides myself that I got back to the big leagues just because he would say little things to me, um, you know, when I was struggling and then when I came out of it and he saw what, what, what kind of player I was when I was getting hot and kind of the things that I was doing that he, he would come up to me, uh, and just whisper in my ear, like we'd be on a plane ride and it would be, you know, those PCL trips, Johnny. Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, five o'clock in the morning, you're on the plane, you left the field at three o'clock. And, and, and now this is, you know, uh, 2006, this is my, uh, fifth or sixth year or 2007, my sixth year in triple a, uh, you just kind of get sick of it sometimes, especially when you're hot and you feel like you could be somewhere else. Um, and he would come up to me and just whisper in my ear. He's like, you know, you're a big leaguer, you're a big league ball player. It, you're better, you're better than this. You, you, uh, you know, you're going to make it back up there. And he would say these things every day to me, just wow. come whisper it in my ear. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm an older, you know, I'm an older player at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, been around the game a long time, but uh, I just wanted to, you know, anyone that's watching that uh, I've talked to Rick uh, since then uh, and kind of told him how much uh, he means to me. Yeah. But, I just wanted to say it to other people too, because I know he, he got a big league job with the Cubs. I believe he was with the Cubs um, managing. And then also um, uh, I think la his last job, I think he went to the White Sox too and was managing. So I was really happy for him for that. Cause you know, as you know, communication and anything is the biggest is, is kind of the most important thing um, as far as uh, you know, gaining the respect of your players and then also just uh, kind of um, letting people know exactly what you want from them and what they, you know, what you're going to hold them accountable for. And he was very good at that. He was very laid back. He threw great batting practice, which didn't yeah. hurt. He gets you locked in doing that as well. Yeah. But a lot of it is mental in this game. And uh, the camaraderie, it doesn't, like you were talking about, it doesn't just stop, start, start and stop with the players. It also, the, the, the managers and coaches make a big difference as well. Absolutely. Hey, listen, we got to wrap it up. Promise me that when we get to January and February, we're going to do this again. And then, you know, cause we got a lot, we got a lot more to cover, man. We got a lot more to cover. Hey, love you, buddy. Great love to see you, bro. Thank you for listening to the Rivercats Nine Lives podcast hosted by Johnny Dosco. Please like, subscribe, and share with all your baseball-loving friends. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook.